Welcome to Corkboard Radio. In today's episode, I will be talking about the altar of humility. What is the altar of humility? It's that place where you come and you humble yourselves before the Lord and you recognize who He is in your life. I pray you will listen to this episode and that it will bless you richly. Happy listening, everyone. So today I will be talking to you about the altar of humility. This is something that the Lord has really been talking to me about. Now, a couple months ago, I talked about the altar, about the cross and the altar, and about how uh, the cross represents the altar where that we that where we come to Him and we give Him every part of who we are, and. Uh, and, and it's that place of intimacy with the Lord. And it's that place where we, we stop and recognize who He is in our lives. And uh, then I talked about the altar of worship where we come and we honor and we worship Him. It's that place where we lay down ourselves and our lives and we honor Him. So this week, I would like to talk about the altar of humility which is pretty much the same, like it's all along the same idea. It's, it's got the same heart behind it. And I will be reading from First Peter 5, uh, verse 5. Now, I am reading from the Amplified Classic version because it is my favorite version to study from. And it says, verse 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, Be subject to the elders, the ministers and spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe, apron yourselves, all of you, with humility as the garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you with freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. For God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful, and he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them, but gives grace, favor, blessing to the humble. Just recently I was listening to someone and they said that when, that we should never think we know everything and that there's always something we can learn from someone. And that really stood out to me. When I'm reading this, the first part of this verse, and it says, Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers and spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Sometimes it is, that can be a challenge. You know, like we, we growing up in the church, like I've grown up in the church, and, uh, and so I have found, like, it is not difficult to think that you know a lot. And when you've spent as much time researching the Word and listening to teaching and listening to things, it's pretty easy to think, oh, I've got this covered. But the truth is, that is just arrogance and that is just pride to think that I would know everything there is to know about a subject. There is always something we can learn. There is always something that God can teach us. There is always something more that he has for us. And if we will not limit who he can talk to us through, there is so much more he can show us because so many different people have a different perspective. They've, they've grown up. 
they they've grown up in a different situation they they have different life experiences and because of that the lord has been able to teach them something in a different way than he's taught us and he can use these people he can use them to talk to us from a different perspective and show us a different way of looking at it whatever it is looking at things he can show us a different way and for me, when I heard this person say that, I thought, you know, that is so true because there is something. If I come to a conversation with someone thinking there's something that I can learn, then I am not going to think that I'm better than them or, or think that I'm above the conversation and it will open up a dialogue that God can speak through. The next part of the verse says, clothe, apron yourselves, all of you with humility as the garb of a servant so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you with freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. Now, now this is talking like when I read this part, it's like. It, it's something you do on purpose. When you get dressed in the morning, you're, you're getting dressed on purpose. You know, you put, you put on your socks on purpose. And the thing is, if we dress ourselves in humility, then we're doing it on purpose and we are aware of what we're doing. We are aware that we are humbling ourselves. And when you do that, it is, you are free from pride and arrogance because you're recognizing, you know, where, where you are. And it says, uh, it says freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. Now, how much more can you minister to someone if you don't think you're better than they are? How much more if they feel, if someone feels like you think you're better than them, they're not going to receive from you. I mean, any more than we receive, I receive from someone who thinks they're better than me and they're trying to help me. I mean, right off that just, that just does not make me want to listen to them, you know? And so it's important for us to realize that we may be in a different place in life, but that doesn't make us better than someone else. And it doesn't make them better than us. It doesn't. The next verse, I mean, the next part of the verse says, For God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful, and he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them. Now, think about that for a moment. Is that really what we want? Do we want God to set himself against us because we are proud, we are prideful? The, the words that describe that they're talking about here is the insolent, overbearing, disdainful, presumptuous, and boastful. Most of the time, people don't want to be around someone that is an example of any of those traits. It says, and he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them, but gives grace, favor, blessing to the humble. I would much rather receive grace, favor, and blessing than I would to have God set himself against me and that to have him oppose, frustrate, and defeat me. And the thing is, what happens is when you are prideful, you open yourself up to failure. The word says, I don't know exactly where it is right now, but it says that pride comes before a fall. 
And the thing is, when you're thinking so much of yourself, you will miss something. You will miss what God is talking to you about. You will miss. It's just the way it is because you get blinded by your own conceit. And God cannot work with someone who's so full of themselves that they can't see him in the situation because he is the one that can change it. He is the one that can heal. He is the one that can save. He is the one that can prosper. And if you take him out of the situation, well, there's really not much he can do. And I mean, it just, it's not going to work out in our best favor if we do that. Verse 6, it says, this is First Peter 5, verse 6 of the Amplified Classic says, Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. What does that mean? I know I've met people who have low self-esteem. I don't believe this is what's, that that is what this is talking about. This is talking about recognizing that the God of the universe is your God. The God who created all of the earth. He created the galaxy. He created the heavens. He created the seas and everything that every living creature. He is your Lord. He is your Lord. And when we realize that, okay, when we realize that and we look at it and we go, okay, I can see who I am in this picture, you know, I, when, when you do that, it says in due time. So he says under the mighty hand of God, realize he is the mighty one. We are the ones that get to recognize and acknowledge that he is the mighty one. In due time, he may exalt you. If you will stop and recognize and put him first and see him for who he is, then he can exalt you because you've got the priorities in the right order. The next part, verse 7 says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Now, think about this, okay? Think about the fact that if you're recognizing, and as verse 6 says, that he is the your mighty God, then you're realizing that you cannot take care of everything. Because the truth of the matter is, all of our cares, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, no matter what we do, Matthew 6 says this, no matter what, how much time you spend worrying over something, you can't change it. All you're going to do is exhaust yourself and be a miserable person to be around. All of those worries and all of those cares, when you recognize that God is your God and he is a mighty God, then you can give it to him and realize that he can do what you can't do with it. He can take care of it. He can give you solutions to things that you don't see. And that is what is so marvelous about walking in this humility is because you recognize the fact that he is God and, and you are his it says humility is you are his servant you get to serve him okay it didn't say slave it said servant servant is there's a willingness about being a servant where you choose 
you choose to serve him. And it's beautiful. And it says, if you, when you cast all of your cares, you remember, okay, all of your concerns once and for all on him. You remember that it's, the reason why you can do that is because he cares for you affectionately. And he, he cares about you watchfully. He is affectionate towards you and watchful over you. And if, when we have that revelation, it is so much easier to give our cares and worries to him. Because we know that he actually cares about them. And he wants to take care of it. And he wants to solve all the problems. And he wants to give us peace and joy and rest. That is his, that is his, his desire for us. Verse 8 says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, that the devil roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Now the fact that this verse is stuck between verse is is or actually that it comes right after seven, okay? And it comes right after six. What it makes me think is that he is looking, the devil's looking for somebody that is in pride. And and the word is saying, be temperate and sober of mind. Don't think more of yourself. Because when you think more of yourself, you make yourself a target for the lion who's out there on purpose looking to devour you. Now, it says, it says he roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. He's looking for someone to do that to. If you humble yourself and, and walk in humility, then he can't do it. You're not, he's, it's, he cannot devour you. But if you set yourself up and think that you're better than your, than other people, or you think you're better than God, or you think you're better than the situation and you won't stop and recognize who you are in relevance to who God is, you're letting, you're giving the devil the opportunity to, to be a, to come after you, to attack you, to devour you. And we don't have to do that. All we have to do is recognize who we are and we are no longer a target to him. If we know who we are, you're not going to, you're not going to stand there and let him treat you like that because you know who God is. You know who he is in your life. You know what he's done for you. And you recognize that and you will walk in his righteousness instead of your righteousness. And when you walk in his righteousness by faith, there is nothing the devil can do to touch you. He can't. He cannot touch you. Because you're walking in Christ, not in yourself. It's not about you anymore. It's about Jesus. And when it's about Jesus and you're clothed in that humility, then Satan just has to flee. It says, withstand him. This is what you do when you're walking in Christ's righteousness and not your own. When you're not being prideful and you're, hum- you're being humble. It says, withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset. Rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Don't give him an inch. Stand there. Know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. 
It says, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood. The whole body of Christians throughout the world, everyone, everyone, everyone who is a Christian is being treated the same way. A lot of times, part of the thing that gets people is that they feel like they are the only one that's dealing with this. They are the only one. Where the truth is, the word says, is identical sufferings. And if you realize that and you stand firm on the word and you don't give him an inch, it says, when you do that, okay, he can't, he can't touch you. That's what the word says. He can't touch you. There's a verse, I think it's, it's in the, it's in one of the gospels and it says he, that it, you, it will not be able to harm you at all. Walking in this righteousness and walking by faith and knowing who God is in your life, it, it shuts the devil up. It shuts him up. Uh, it says, and after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. Establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. So if you look, I'm just going to grab my notebook. Okay, if we, where is it? I know what I'm looking for. Just a second here. Where are you? Oh, we gotta go back to James. Going to James four verses. Is it verse seven, James four, seven, it says, so be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him and he will flee from you. He will flee. The devil, the Rory lion will flee. If you will keep your faith, keep your faith stuck on God, stick with him, stick with he, with what he says about you. Back to that verse, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable and determined. See, the truth is when you do that, he has to flee from you. He's got nothing on you because you recognize who God is in your life. And it says in verse 10, and after you have, I just read this, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. That's what you get. When you humble yourself, you give God the opportunity. 
to complete and make you what you ought to be. You give him the opportunity to establish and to ground you securely and to strengthen and to settle you. That's what you give him the opportunity to do when you humble yourselves. This altar of humility is where you bring yourself to the altar and, you, and this place of intimacy with the Lord and you recognize who you are and who he is and it, you give him something to work with. You give him something to work with. Praise the Lord. It's so good. His word is so good. What he has for us. And I just wanted to share this with you today because it's so powerful. You can literally resist the devil on these grounds and he will flee from you. And he will leave you alone if you will take it. If you take this word for what it says and you resist him. And you stand steadfast on the truth and knowing who God is inside of you and who you are in Christ Jesus. Satan has to flee. I pray this blesses you today and that you have a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous week in him. Blessings, everyone. This is Tiffany Pullman, and you've been listening to Corkboard Radio. I'm so happy you tuned in today. The Corkboard Radio podcast features my personal short stories and topic discussions. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tiff's Corkboard, where I will be sharing updates on podcast episodes and posting about anything that inspires me. I will be uploading a new Corkboard Radio episode every third and fourth Friday of the month, so be sure to stay tuned and hit the subscribe button. Until we meet again, here's to shining his light in whatever we do. Thank you.